So Eric, now knowing all that you know, all what you've been talking about, when you hear you with your wealth of knowledge and uh, hands-on experience through the awareness that you do to in my mind, for example, which is a fantastic idea, just listening to people sharing their stories and what they are going through, how it affects them and how other people can cancel them. When you hear, let's say, two words, mental illness, either in passing or in well thought out conversations, what's your reaction? What, what do those two words mean to you? Curiosity. Pardon? Curiosity. Yeah. Just get curious. Hmm. Because um, you meet people's understanding of this thing is very different and diverse, extremely diverse. So I'm often really curious. You know, we, we have traditional ways of healing a lot of these things, but they've been eroded because of what's happened to our continent. Um, and so what I'm often looking, I, I really just look for stories. I want to hear people's stories and what they see and how they see and what they understand. Engage them on that, as opposed to coming with, you know, I know this and this is how this is supposed to go and blah, blah, blah. Because I'm seeing the power of engaging people at where they are. No, that's how they grow. That's how you can contribute to their consciousness. It's just meet them where they are. And that's how you also like they also meet you where you are. They may not necessarily know or have to know, but it's just about conversation. If we don't have conversation, it doesn't matter about our knowledge. Because this world is full of very knowledgeable people. But look at our problems, man. <laughs> the 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 when you say meet people where they are right now because people are so engaged in living their own so many lives right now meeting people where they are is without a doubt is for example through social media and social media is the same channel same medium whatever channel you're on is, is pretty much the same mediums through which people get bitter through which people you know get sad and whether they are sharing stories for their own good or it's also still the same way through which they get sad stories so when you meet and there are so many messages being spread at the same time how 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 do you deal with that or with the people that you interact with how do you appreciate that even in the conversation around it's still a very it's a small space, honestly. Social media? Yeah. Because of numbers? Yeah. Okay. It's a small space. That's true. Um, Kenya, as big as we are, people who have internet access, say Twitter, Twitter is a bit, we could say it's a bit elite-ish. Yeah. But you can only say so much. Of course. <laughs> you know, um, they are, like, they are not... There are not very many people if you compare to the numbers we have for our country. The people on Twitter in Uganda, if you compare to the issues Uganda has, um, they are very negligent, they are very few. Like, yeah, you know, but still, there are people, they are valid, their emotions are valid, their problems are valid, their concerns are valid. But for me, you know, with all that madness going, out, going on out there, um, I say, my voice is going to be my power. Um, I'm gonna use what I know and what I feel to to to, to do that ripple effect. Yeah? Today, uh, when we were in Sisi Islands, just in, in Kalanga, yeah, I love how you. I saw Kapa. Is there a place called Kapa? Kabalagala. Kabalagala. Yes. And there is Kalangala. Yes. Kalangala is the island, Kabalagala is a suburb here in, okay. in town. Yeah. Yeah. So we were in Kalangala and uh, there is this boat, cruise boat here. Yeah? And they have a lot of boats around there. So there was a time we were sitting by the beach and uh, this boat was passing and it was spreading a lot of water like what I hadn't noticed before is that those waves come to the shore. Of course. Yeah, yeah like is that people, they, they come to the shore. And I don't, I, I don't live by the ocean, so I don't see that every day. Um, but 
it's just noticing how you know that simple drop, that simple disruption creates something. You know, um, the water, I mean, the water body is so massive, but this little thing passing by creates it just changes something, you know, that affects and affects and affects and affects generations, structures, systems, you know, whatever they are. Um, and even the the fish or the aquatic world deep within, I'm so sure. Things <laughs> Something has moved, so, you know, and that's, that's the philosophy I use. Because people are bitter, man. People are bitter, people are angry, and the numbers are right. What do you think causes all this bitterness and suffering everywhere? Just all over. Yeah, I mean, everywhere, with human race. What do you think causes this bitterness, this suffering, this sadness? There's even a word in Kenya, sufferers. Suffer. Eh? Eh, sufferer. yes. This is the kid. What? This is the kid. Mixed with soup. Are you going to bring soup? This is it. This is it. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Okay, bring the soup. Alright, thank you. What? I think it is. For now, for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I even noted it here, bitterness. What do you think causes this bitterness and suffering? Social pressures? As I mentioned earlier, we have a lot of historical baggage. I don't know if it's you I was talking to, but yes, today, yeah. it's so good. <laughs> um, Africa has a lot of historical baggage. Um, so we live in trauma a lot of trauma and, and for us in this generation we trauma that has been passed down generation they call it transgenerational or intergenerational so you find uh, for example my grandfather my grandfather was uh born a rich rice or something mm -hmm. he chose her she has taught me bad manners Okay. <laughs> I see your struggle. Um, my, my grandfather fought in the second world war. The KAR. Yes. Uh, that's the King's African Records. Yes. yes. And uh, when he came back home, and a lot of African soldiers went through, they were just deployed from uh, PTSD, post-traumatic exactly. stress disorder. Exactly. So they were just left to go back home. Without any process of transition. Exactly. There was nothing. And most of these guys were very much polygamous. They had three, four, five, six wives. And those were like 30 children going out of our village. You know. Do you want to pray for us? Or? So what's the time you guys need to go to? Uh, maybe her may have no limit. Like a week but later then because it's gonna get cold. I can have tea later. I also have tea later. Okay. I also have tea later. Maybe her may yeah, have no limits. I can go. Yeah. Can you do Midnight. Mm -hmm. I have to be home before midnight. It's now, it's now just night. Like Still early. Like oh. <laughs> Normally, I'm at this time, but I already told everybody that I'm meeting someone. We have a lot of historical trauma. So my grandfather suffered post-traumatic stress disorder. When he came back home, he became more violent his wife, to his children, because he was trying to cope with the transitions and nobody understands what he's going through and nobody he can't talk to anyone about what's going on in his mind, he, can't, he doesn't understand it. And so my, my dad, they were really young that time, so they started, and then he got into alcoholism, so they picked up this, this trait and this pattern. And that's just trauma being passed down. Yeah, so my uncle was on the paternal side and I just really bowed it first. Our village so many people have died of alcohol. My dad was extremely bound towards me and, and 
in the time mom, you know. So that's trauma question is from so I I started feeling suicidal by I was 16. And these depressive moments kept coming back until 2017 and when I was like I have to understand this thing or, or else next time it comes it's gonna take me down. So in my curiosity, that's when I started going back and just digging into things and I discovered it's all the way from Uganda, you know. So can you imagine how many villages that has happened to this, in this continent? So people are, people are bitter about so many things. But even right now, it happens but in different formats. I, I was talking with some friends of mine the other day, two days ago. And I was trying to explain them something that I know for a fact. I used to hear about it until it affected me directly. My dad once told me of people who left like Uganda to go and study abroad, came back to PhDs and things like that. Whenever those guys came back, they felt like they couldn't easily adapt back into their own communities because their lives have changed. Even now, she will tell you, I'll tell you, like, you come back here, you find you have been interacting with other people, you had lunch, their ways, their meals, and everything. When you come back here, it's still different, even when you're from here. So it really affects you and how you deal with people, because it takes a while before you say, okay, now. I'm still not adjusted to the best. Yes. <laughs> you know, and it's the thing, the mind is not, uh, we are not choreographed or designed to have major movements. You know, that's why migration affects even animals, it affects living things. Yeah. So when you move drastically and then you change a culture, just without gradual processes, it's so difficult to remind. It's really difficult. So it affects you in a way. So that's why you find now, like in your case, you have this disconnect. You come back and now you see people differently and you're trying to tell them certain things they don't get you and like with this person now these days because they went out yeah. now they treat us like we don't nothing you know? and it's not your fault i mean you're exposed to something very different that changed something in you know and that's what happened even with slavery because a huge mass of people were taken from the continent and they were mainly most of them were men um, and it just created a huge of disturbance in the ecosystem of the continent and that brings a lot of pain because the land also was taken away you know so all of a sudden this house you built with your hands or with your family somebody comes and tells you now you have to pay hard tax you know all of us from nothing the farm that you used to plow now you you someone is paying you because they've taken it, it's not yours anymore, so you have to survive. That thing goes down to generations, down, 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 down. We haven't really even really talked about how colonialism affected us. The generation we are in right now, we don't know, because they've not been really taught about it. Um, our curriculums are not designed to help us think yeah. through it, so we're just here, you know. Um, the people who took government in after independence, those are just wrecked us totally apart, you know, and they added onto the pain that we already had as a people, you know, and just the fact that there's so much corruption, there's so much oppression, there's no freedom of expression, there's, you know, people feel the social social fabrics are just broken, you're going to start, like, suicide rates will go high, substance abuse will go high, homicides will go high. People now this thing about trying to oh the president so so all of that group is bad we, we can't associate with them that's what's gonna happen and now because now it's like the social injustice rates are just so high we can't trust each other anymore so I wanna keep the little that I have because I think this is what's gonna help me for my future and it's still not sustainable because at the end of the day it it will go out it will end. Then you're gonna have to be forced to get out all of a sudden and meet people you don't trust. It's gonna happen. The uh, I, I see that with suicide, the the statistics for suicide are just out of here. Today I just read a story while I was coming to meet you uh, about a Ugandan pharmacist who has killed himself because he was exposed in a 
stealing from the sick documentary about uh, drugs, how drugs are stolen. That was profiled on BBC and a local TV channel here called NBS. So one of the people who appeared in it has taken his life. And he wrote a letter to his mom saying, um, I didn't sell drugs, but um, I appeared in this documentary. So I'm sorry, I've always loved you, but I'm sorry for the pain I'm going to bring to you or something like that. Then in my mind I'm thinking, this doesn't add up. If he really is certain he didn't sell drugs, why doesn't he stay around and defend himself or prove it so? Or he was actually forced to write that letter and then he was killed. That's what I think. So what that reminds me of, and from Kenya the statistics are even worse. Like every time I go online, someone has died, someone prominent, someone not so prominent, just some guy from around the neighborhood. And I've noticed that people are weak in the sense of they have not been tested and tried by so many scenarios prior to know that death happens, to know that losses happen, to know that there are low and high moments in life that killing yourself is not really a solution. Or someone killing you is not really a solution. So the numbers are going up because people don't appreciate the essence of life, of, being, of staying alive just to be there to face challenges, because challenges always be there. How do you face a challenge? How do you deal with it? And how do you proceed? Because what's a sport? What's athletics without a handle? What's a cricket game without dropping a catch? What's, you know? It's a score you sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But we were talking earlier when we were away. <laughs> things about mental illness and loss. Let me ask you, Trina, have you been through any kind of depression before? Yes. But, uh, from 2014 to 2018, I was laboring under depression, and first and foremost, I didn't even know what it was. I used to feel suicidal back in that day, but it's just out of teenage stupidity. I was just a petulant teenager. I really, once in a while. What was that? What was that? Let me see. Um, let me see. Um, I realized that there were. An, Really, I didn't know them. That they were what I know are now called toxic people that were around me. Either like that is, you know, the so-called six degrees of separation, or either from bullying at school because it's a really tiny shop, really really tiny. So some of the things that happen in school are just too much for me to deal with. So the easiest solution for me was to take the walk or go back home like for the weekend and try to calm down and come back. But then that meant that I wasn't talking to so many people, or I had very few people interact with. Then, like family circles, you don't spend your time with people in the village when you go there, you're new to them. If you spoil a flower, someone wants to cane you, someone is abusing you, and they don't notice that the words they throw at you are really harmful. Because even in my language, there's a saying that words are more powerful than stones or beatings or something like that. So some of those things kept, I kept on receiving all those so many signals and hearing yeah, much to me. So when they accumulate, you're like, where am I going And then one of the things that really did depress me, because I was really working so hard, like at school, getting very good grades, but whenever I identified an opportunity that I knew was the one I wanted, like to go to a school I wanted, they always gave me like fat choice, right? Why? Even when it's still good, you know, like someone says, you can't leave this town to go to another because you're too young. And they don't explain to you why that decision was taken. I would feel cheated. I would feel really bad. Uh, and not just once or twice, I would feel really bad. So I was like, no, this is so much. So there was, and then I got into drugs, 14, 13, smoking, I was drinking and everything, which are things that I wouldn't have chosen if, if, if I knew better. If I knew better. But then, when I made 23, I just decided, I took a decision. I said, no, sobriety is the future. Because I need to be sober, do the things I need to do, no more doing, no more smoking. And I stopped just like that, six years later. But then the depression as it is, defined by so many people, was from 2014, when I lost my dad up to 2018, when it occurred to me that 
that phase was over. I was, I was really, really like a zombie. And I don't even know how I moved through all years, those years, doing all that I did without crashing, without, I don't know, maybe. Do you consider yourself like somebody who went trauma? Well, I haven't yet uh, studied trauma per se. I can do some more reading on it, but I think maybe there are elements of it there. But I can tell you, uh, the depression first and foremost was the loss itself, and then uh, what you call the disconnect of transition. Because as those at the same time, I was moving from Kenya back to Uganda, and really there were so many things about Uganda that I hadn't paid so much attention to before I left. When I came back, it was just crazy. Uh, this society didn't receive me as I expected it to because I'm Ugandan. Like I took it for granted that it would be that easy, but uh, not really. Yeah. So you see that when I was young, it was a death of knowledge, really. That period was not helpful for your mind. The fact that it was done over and over again, it was traumatized. May have been the reason you even got into drinking because you weren't okay and your mind was trying to balance itself up and to like cope with the situation and that is just the pain, right? Um, so, yeah, you feel through trauma and even this, the situations you said, um, you know, somebody making a decision on your behalf and they're saying you're too young, they're not explaining it to you and you feel I like wasn't you. free. Yes, and a sense of agency has been taken away from you. Freedom, why did I write that? Somewhere here. Yeah. yeah. So, you've been through some kind of trauma So, even before the thing you acknowledged as depression came to you, you have been through some kind of trauma already. Yeah. There were so many scattered pieces that I wasn't aware of because no one was there to tell me what it was. Because I remember there was even a time like, was I in Form 2 or Form 3 when my mom brought a friend of hers to talk to me as a therapist and I really didn't know what it even meant to talk to me because I was always in my bedroom anyway, <laughs> playing music, uh, reading papers, writing and things like that. Like the interactions were limited, they were mostly when you're playing soccer or playing cricket and they always look like for those little pieces like to 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 poke me like I'm playing cricket but the end result is that no you're not going to buy shoes because you're wasting time that maybe you should be reading books and like what but you can't read books forever so I have to figure that part of myself oh um, Pretty much opportunities that really didn't go well for me because everything I wanted to do, someone else had to pay the way to, to my disadvantage. Yeah. Even when I was doing very well, so I, it didn't work. Yeah. Okay, The latest news item I read about suicide from Kenya is a person who killed themselves because they had this so new, these digital loans of like 3,000 Kenya shillings, yeah. which is about uh, 90,000 Kenya shillings. Can imagine. Yeah. So That's so unfortunate. People who always want money from like business people entrepreneurs forget that there is a process that it takes to make that money. So we live in a world without structures, without institutions. Someone simply makes a decision there and he doesn't want to know anything that happens in the back end. Because a business is a process. You create a product, you market it, you package it, you market it, you sell it, then you get the compensation you want and then make payment. 
people simply consider payment of federal of all these processes. Like like the three thousand loan for example. Just a little patience could have helped him stay a little longer. You see now, you're, you're in a position to say that because you are exposed. You understand You've been through some, some form of education, enlightenment, let me put it that way. This person is, from the time they're taking out the program, they're down there completely. For them not to be able to take this thing, which tells you where they are, like financially or maybe even socially. And a lot of people are there. A lot of people are companies, they go there, they're trapped, they can't get out of this thing. So it's not that they're weak. It's just that the systems around them are not working for them. The systems around them are not healthy for them to thrive. Everything is working against them. And the majority of us are there. So you find they're not resilient. It's not that it's not weakness. It's just that you don't have a conducive environment to help you grow. And once that happens, if you've grown up in a situation, let's say, uh, where, which, dry, which, which places are dry in Uganda? Karamoja. Turkana is like Karamoja. No, those are... Um, yeah, they are. They are, they are brothers and sisters of Turkana. Yes. So, <laughs> if, you've, if you've been brought up in Karamoja, it's a very dry area. Um, you're competing with people in Kampala who are going to the best schools, they have good food. They don't know shit the way the way you know shit. You know. <laughs> you come to this city, you're looking for a job. These guys speak better than you, they dress better than you, they have better relationships. Sometimes even they look better because of how you've been socialized to look at yourself. What what do you feel? There's no place for you in this world because the world you come from, there's nothing going on. And this place where you feel there is opportunity, you don't have space. What are you going to do? The mere almost thing is, if I don't get it to cry, I'm going to look for self-destructive ways to survive. And, and it's because you've grown up in survival for so long, you don't know what it's like to be in a joyful place. Yeah, exactly. But it's very, you don't know. Something I've been thinking about about Yeah. So if you don't know how to be like joyful, you can't. If 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 you don't have a healthy relationship with yourself, you can't have a healthy relationship with any other person. Um, and so that means you look down upon yourself. And this thing is it's, it's it's not that you created them for yourself. People told you things. Somebody treated you badly somewhere when you were vulnerable with your child and everything. Uh, your parent abused you, or you are sexually assaulted, or you know, or people near you died and they they meant a lot to you and you not process that and you know you grew up in a place where people are kind. All those things they're just balls of energy that we store. So um, I'm doing a training on trauma healing back in Kenya. Domestic or wild? Wild. <laughs> How? But they shake it off. For example, you might find like an antelope is having a drink at a street. Yeah? And then they, they were either approached by a lion or a crocodile. Yeah? A lot of these things are easier to watch in like national geography. So this thing is just, uh, it's, it's being hunted down. Yeah? Now, if, if a robber in this city starts chasing you, the adrenaline that shoots from your brain is for the second one. Senegal. 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 Yes, African competitions. The qualifiers of the actual the actual the actual the actual the actual the it's the first time all these African countries are in Africa. Except Rwanda. Except Rwanda, sadly. Speaking is not like a big thing. 
The increase, the thing. Is it like a big thing? Like why it why is. People are watching. Yes. You didn't hear them yesterday. You didn't hear them yesterday. Where were you? I heard news from the streets. Where were you? Where were you yesterday? Yesterday. At about 4 p.m. At about 4 p.m. So you and your sister are not soccer people. You didn't even see people like the Bobby Wines complaining that Parliament had not yet given money to EDC to protest against. What? The game started on today's work. We were wondering why I was listening on the radio. Because I've done. Called my sister so excited saying that I was gone. And we were like, what's the big deal? Like by the time he actually calls us, because all of us now are at our sister's home, all the siblings and then he's like, he's been listening on the radio, like, why is it you watching my TV? So, it was a game. So I was listening on the radio for a while. I can't do that. I need to call my sister and tell them. Until then. Yeah. So, imagine a I don't know if you've witnessed it before, but it certainly happens to you in the past. So even where you are, you never feel safe for a while passing through that place. Yeah? So that's, that's trauma already. It's very instant. So sometimes, sometimes it takes time in your body, sometimes if it's not such a big thing, depending on the relationship around you, you can shake it off time. But animals, like antelopes, you know, that get chased down a lot in the wild. You see, after that adrenaline of running for your life, because this thing is actually chasing you to eat you. It's, um, it's a life and death. And you know it. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so if you survive, yeah, if an antelope survives, and the whole trail from the water stream and, you know, Let's say the lions are gone, the cheetahs are gone. What they do, they shake their bodies. Yeah? They shake their bodies. So animals don't have their conscious mind. Yeah? It's just this upper, this frontal, whatever thing. This part of your brain makes you like, think. It helps you think, it helps you remember as well, it helps you reason, it helps you create and everything. Animals don't have that. So they don't store so much. They don't memory retain. Yeah. yeah, it, it doesn't get their memories not retained. Exactly. So they shake it off with their bodies and they can go back to the stream. Oh. Even five minutes later. Us guys, when we are fifteen, we store, 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 twenty, store, 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 thirty-five, store, store, store. So we're just balls of baggage walking out here. You know, and. Now that's how, because of the pressure your body is going through, the energy wants to be released. But we do not have healthy structures for that. Okay? So, like you, this guy wanted to play. Cricket wanted to play. But he was being told you have to read. So, his healthy coping mechanism has been taken away from him. And they were actually killing him. And you feel like, do I have they to didn't read? know that. I, I didn't, didn't know that. None of you knew. So it, it creates enmity, enmity, it creates bitterness, it creates anger, you know, because you have energy that are not been processed. And it wants to come. I still go through that. There are people I've lost and I've not yet mourned. Years later. That's the thing. I'm still trying to get started. That's the, I don't difficult. know how to do it. It's really difficult because <laughs> we are not taught how to deal with these issues. You know, so because you, your body has unprocessed emotions, you're looking for they're looking for a way out to balance stuff because you're you're meant to be healthy. Every living thing is born or created to be healthy, from trees to plants to snails to everything. You know, so anything that threatens that safety, your body will want to like equal that score. So that you can come back to what So because of that disruption in your brain, that's why somebody feels they have to drink to forget. 
when he doesn't help at all. Yeah, of course. You have to smoke to deal with the pain. You have to do some people get addicted to sex, some people it's different. Exactly. So it goes out there. But then now they when they hang over comes in the morning they feel more horrible. But because this thing gives you a high for this time, you'd rather go for it. Because you, you have to maintain that. Yeah. You do not know any other way to deal with the root of what's going on in the inner. And that's that's where this bitterness is coming from. This social bitterness, the one you are talking about Twitter and everything. It comes from uh, there. In fact, I, I was reading somewhere the other day where someone said that uh, the world is not bad, but phones helped us see how actually bad it has always been. What phones? Phones, mobile phones. phones. Okay, okay. And I think when you say that it's actually true, the people that you see making noise on social media, for example, it's not that they're making noise simply because they want to, because they have access to these tools available to them, but they're actually relaying to us what is in their bodies and in their minds and what they share amongst their friends. Because whether it's break out of recklessness or careful thought, I don't think anyone who shares anything out there is sharing it out of the blue. You say that something you've experienced or something that you're about or something that you're afraid, it's from your community, it's just what it is. Yeah. Oh, you're sharing a picture that you've taken or something like that. Yeah, so before, before 2008, before Facebook came to us and everything, I don't know about our age, guys, our age, we grew up in conservative most of us, many of us, we weren't given, like just yesterday, we weren't given time to decide things for ourselves. We weren't taken, we weren't including the decision making processes that affected our lives directly. Uh, our voice was not heard in the family. Um, our parents or people around us that were adults made us feel like we knew nothing because we were children. Speaking of which, I can think of so many moments eh, where I could have decided for myself that someone had to do it without even asking me anything. I just had to obey myself. And, and, and when you speak up, you're like you're being a bad person. Yeah. So you get where that is coming from. And then all of a sudden, you have a Facebook account that nobody can control but you. What are you going to do with that thing? You're going to say everything you've ever wanted to say all those years. Because you've not been taught about freedom and discipline and responsibility, um, you've never been taught that. But because you feel you're so angry and your anger is justified and you have to be hard and there's these things going on within and around you, you have to speak. <laughs> Without abandonment. You have to shut down anybody who's against you, you have to. Get out, be fire, it's fire, fire, fire. We're actually just dinosaurs out here. It's just fire, fire, fire from the fire. You know, and that's what it's about what you're saying. So the fact that we are seeing this now, the fact that, you know, it's a few words, you know, Twitter added some, you know, they doubled it. But can you imagine watching tweet after tweet after tweet every single day that is full of anger? Do you know it affects you too? Yes, you the person sharing yeah. that, yeah. No, you the person who is ready. Yeah, consuming. The consumers, yeah. yes. You consuming that, hey, hey, I'm a president, you did what, but you are not the jail, this war, but last year, I think there was something going on in the world. Women have been killed? Women, yeah, actually, here, here, here in Central Uganda, in Kampala and in Tere. There was something going on. Yeah, women. So, so in that way, what you see, everything, every day, every day, every day, you start... You accept it. Exactly. And then what? It it's, it's just that it was Susan Magara was a Western woman. Susan <laughs> Magara. Was she Magara? The one who died. The first one. The first one in that series of women. <laughs> the, the she young was lady. from the West, but, but the women are killed around here. This area. Let me tell you the time of the world. Maybe I know who I know that time. 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 Maybe I know who I know that
Yes. You probably have heard of some case of 90 billion shillings. Did you have a story where the Bank of Uganda had a chartered plane and they had like extra money? Did you have that? Okay, that's an example. Then you you've had, you've mentioned the killings. Then you 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 have okay. Think of so many things that affect so many people on a grand scale. Murders and death happen every day. But we we've reached a point where everyone accepts that Uganda has so much going on that if one moment happens, which is actually definitive. People get excited about it for three, four days, one week, mm-hmm. then they go to the next. Then they are distracted by the next, they are distracted by the next. Yeah. Now, all these add up together to define a society. For example, Ugandans have accepted that, for example, nukes, it's okay, you can release whenever you want. But they don't take a moment to study what that means and how it affects everyone, young or old. Like corruption, for example, everyone accepts all oh, the government is corrupt. Yet they forget that corruption works two ways. The one who is giving, the one who is receiving. So even us, we are corrupt in our own ways, eh? several ways. People will, you know, an accident happens and it's gross, everyone agrees. And like one happened today or yesterday in Bavira, two taxis, 14 people, 14 people, people have died. You see it on WhatsApp, you see on Facebook, that's the end. Yeah, going to the next they don't look for the people who have been affected, the children have been affected, you know. Assassinations happen, then another happens, and then the people have the last one. It's crazy. So, could you say that we are a highly traumatic society? That's what's going on. Without any source of healing, without yeah, any consciousness around how traumatized we are. Yeah, it's just, you know. So, um, the training I'm going through is uh, like this organization teaches trauma healing to vulnerable communities. Which one is this? It's called Green String, Green String Network. The one in current? There's one in current that. Um, is it a rehabilitation center or it's, there's a place in current where that has very many success stories helping people become better? It's, there's someone in current, I forget the name, but I know it's there. Yeah, this is totally something different. So they, they, are, they actually just, they're hiring me to help them be a facilitator for their program. So they teach communities that have been through violence or are going through violence to understand what trauma does to the mind. How do you identify these communities? Do you look for individuals or groups of people? Well, um, like... I'm here to ask that question. How, yeah. how do you identify? Because I'm, 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 in the, I'm going through the, the program right now, the training me, I'm understanding their content, and then from tomorrow, I'm supposed to be in class actually, now they start training me as a trainer. So that question I'm supposed to how, ask. How do you identify someone who is going through trauma? Because me, I'm telling you, like when you ask me what, it was, in my mind, I think that's a very difficult question to answer. If Crystal said, I don't feel fine, I understand my crystal. Tell me what's on your mind. What you know? What's disturbing? Who has annoyed you? That's how we talk. But she may be going through trauma, and she doesn't know, and I don't know. And I, and in my mind, I'm thinking, but Crystal, I know Crystal takes like two hours on the phone, and I have things to do. When is she going to handle it? And I may be adding to her challenges, and I don't know. So how how do you identify someone who is going? That's kind of why we need the trained people, because trained people. They are very cheap. Yeah, you saw like yeah. how you are recommending the other therapist mm-hmm. and I also recommended to another person and I said they were so nice and everything but I think she's really good there's a, a therapist she talked about and there's this other family introduced them to someone who's been to yeah to another people uh, a family where a lady was going through really insane depression when I met her even me <laughs> I felt good about myself I felt like damn I'm lucky to be feeling good but when I talk to them, um, um, uh, the therapist really, the process they took wasn't so different from what I'd advised them, but it was finding who the husband the lady is, who are the children, how do they live, who are your people, who are the people. She was trying like, to paint a picture, a big picture of who this person is, and how can they shape it all here. You know, this organization is trying to, <laughs> however, however they, they, 
they identify, but they do it in a social manner. It's not one person, it's community. Um, so communities come for the training together, they go through the training together, and then after being taught what's happening, they take it out there. Yeah. So what I like about them is they explain to you how the brain works in a very simplified manner. Very simple, like the normal Ugandan and normal African will understand. This part of the brain helps you do this. This other part is the one that deals with emotions when you're angry, when you're blah blah. This other part is the one that uh, uh, functions when you're when you're traumatized, when you're in so much deep pain. This is what happens. This is how all of them work together. Because most of us don't get it. We don't understand how our brain works when we are happy, when we are sad, when we are... We don't understand where emotions come from. We don't know how to regulate them. We don't know what creates emotions and the chemicals that create hormones. We don't understand that. So, all that bitterness, the reason why it is uncontrolled and it is reckless and it is all that is because we don't know how to manage ourselves. We don't know. So, as we... We are not free. Yeah, we're not free. Because it's only yeah. until now I'm moving to 29 years of age. It's only now that I've started. Like sometimes I take up. One of the best things I've ever done for myself was to detach myself from what is formal employment. Yeah. Such that I make my own schedule, I choose who I meet, when I meet them, where I go to. Like everything is a product of my own original thought, composition, and everything. Every single day, even when it's, it's prepared for a long span of time, maybe four months or six months. Yeah. And what that helps me do is to live my life by my own rules. So, for example, I've chosen, ever since I fainted, like, I've chosen to live my, like, a typical 24-hour day. Ever since what happened? I fainted. Where? <laughs> yeah, in Kampala. Because of, you know, working so hard, I go to my about and this I'm not eating as well. Why are you not eating? No, I eat. No, she, she, no, no, she, no, 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 she, no, I believe her. <laughs> she knows that. I believe her. No, no, So I learned to pace myself and then to split my day into two. So the one half of the day is resting, reading, things that don't need me to exert myself so much. Then the other half is when everything goes. What time is Maybe at 10 or something, we can be done by 10. It's now, since that transition of I really need, I can't lose myself trying to fend for other people, trying to serve other people, because work will always be there. It's just a moment in time. I started at such a moment, there's been a moment where I'll end and other people will come and do the same things again, or even better, or even more. So you really can't be the only one. You really can't be the only one. So it's only now that I've started, I can find aspects within my life where I feel free. Where I don't, I'm not easily influenced which is like the greatest power you can have, not being influenced. And, and truth be told, there are so many people who can't even define freedom by their own standards, or success by their own standards. So you're caught in, a, you know, in an all-consuming motion, moving with other people like a slave of sorts. So what they do, you also do without you pulling us, removing yourself to understand this is what I actually want. If I have a challenge, this is how I heal. If, if I, well, now that the words have been introduced, if I feel like I'm laboring under the pain of trauma, I know who to talk to. If I feel maybe this could be depression, I know what it means and I know whom I can meet to talk to. Because there's no institution here that I know of really that is all out there looking for people who are going through trauma or depression and interesting them to teach them. In Uganda, if any of those pop up, there's only one straight answer. Let us take you to Butabika. Butabika is a hospital for what? Mental illnesses and, and the so-called mad people. 
so everyone is thrown there. And it's even used in common language, like a joke. Let us take it. You have a place which is like Magari. It's in common, it's in everything. If you're the crazy one, you belong to Magari. Madare, Magari. The slum. So there's Madari the slum. So Madari the slum, that hospital is not very far from where the slum is. So it's that area. The name is the name of an area. But now it's called Madari Hospital. I've been to the yes. slum. Madari Mental Hospital. You can see Matoke is an acquired taste for you. <laughs> You're not used. You're struggling. Which reminds me what I wanted to ask you about here. About it's my favorite. <laughs> about culture and how it relates to community. So in the Ugandan community, the answer is Botanica. In the Kenyan Arabic speak, it's Madari. Uh, so, if someone goes there and they come back, do they come back any better than they were before they went there? Or they will still be... The triggers will always come back. Some do. Some do. A majority. First of all, so many people, like you said, in the same situation at home, they are taken there against their will. The family thinks this is the best place. The family does not understand what's going on with their person. It could be anybody in the family. Um, and because they think this is the savior, this is where the hospital is, this is where this person will be better. This person is taken to a place where there are people like him. So it's not a favorable environment to heal. You see, they are demonized. <laughs> they're made to feel like they're the worst human beings on earth. The doctors there don't treat them very well. They're not very good, given good nutrition. It's not a healthy environment as well, like even just physically. It's a filthy place. You don't want to go there. You, you're sane, you're, you're good, you're okay, but you don't want to go there. How, how will someone who's supposed to get better survive? Amongst people who are not good. Exactly. You would rather meet someone who is okay and exactly. they share How is with you. How's that gonna work, seriously? How's that gonna work? So, I mean, we have to be... And for me, this is this is what I'm fighting for my my, my continent really right now is we are just, we are killing our people by um, like segregating them away and saying they're sick. We are killing them, we are killing artists, we are killing scientists, we are killing artists. So many talented people. Very important people in society. We are killing our seeds. That's what we are killing. It's not even cutting trees. These are seeds we are killing. And the land is here. It's very fertile. But we are saying these seeds are rotten, so let's, 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 let's throw them away. If, if, if I'm going to use an example of a popular person, Huh? whom I always believe really suffered even when they were churning out the best of the best. Congratulations. Like Pinyavanga for example. Mm -hmm. Talented guy, really smart guy, entrepreneur, he's publishing all these works, he's delivering all these great speeches wherever he goes. And his personal life aside, which is okay for him to decide the way he wants. And I read his book, uh, One Never Upon This Place, sometime 2014, there about. And I was very impressed that he was a very good book. I recommended reading. But you can tell that from his writing, because he's telling his story anyway, that there were so many moments in his life that made Pinyavanga mm. who he is. Yeah. Like him or not, he became Binyavanga. And even when he is Binyavanga, he's going to Germany, some idiot is beating him up on the street. It affects his composition as Binyavanga. Uh, he's in Kenya, he's getting all these mad guys on Facebook and Twitter who are like attacking him, so to say. And it really doesn't make sense. Even in his passing, there's still all this bad energy. Mm. So we are, we really can't escape. Mm. Is it because of the communities? And this is a person who is very vocal in a public sphere. He has opportunities on TV, on radio, he has YouTube, he has everything. He is sharing things that people really need to hear. 
but the community doesn't receive it well enough. Even in his passing, they are still churning out for bad energy. We can't escape. What's 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 the solution? What are we going to do? I would say um, we, we we don't hate those people. We hate ourselves. That's where it all is. Because that's not the only issue we vent like that. If you look at that's just a small story. That's one. If you look at every event, event, event so much, it's violent. It's not even written the same. It's violent. We want to kill. We want to. We want. Actually, you know, most of us, we just don't have access to guns. If we did, I'm telling you, even you would have killed someone. <laughs> People are, are crazy, hungry. We hate our, and there's a book I'm reading right now, I wish I could show you. The green one I saw? Yeah, mm. I'm gonna, I think I took a photo. It's called, um, like, Quiet in the Storm. What's this? What these guys are basically trying to communicate is you have to take responsibility for your own pain. Oh? Your own pain. You have to take responsibility. You can't let other people do their emotional labor for you. No matter what happens to you. So what people around you can do, they can support your process. They can't be the process. Yeah. Yes, yes. We don't get it right. We leave it upon people to do it on our behalf. We say it has to be disabled. We say it has to be this. And then we say, ah, this is an African. This is the that. But we have not the way we communicate, even the way we call you communicate your pain says a lot about your your awareness. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. How you protect your pain to people, it really says a lot. So are you are you in a place that you understand this is who you are and do you come back and say, okay, this was a proper blah 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 or you say this is how I am and I think I've changed about you. I have people around me like that. I think it's you know I have people around me like that. Even when you talk to them, trying to give them a sense of direction for better, you can hear and see that this person not only is he not hearing, which means he cannot listen which means he's not ready to make amends, which means he just wants to stay the way he is. I have so many people like that around me. Beyond that, you know, it's so easy to hide in culture. It's so easy to say it's a cultural problem. It's so easy to say that, because that means you put everybody in that umbrella, so let's get comfortable. But, but that's, that's what it is. For example, there's a book I started reading today. It's about how black people, black men can get out of zip pocket or something like that along those lines and the stats that he shared whether for divorce whether in entrepreneurship whether it's property whether and this is america from america you can clearly see that black people have really been given a fair deal and the beauty about it is that just this chapter one alone what i like about him is that he is a white man he explains the genesis and he tells you that, for example, there are more divorces amongst black families, whether it's the men divorcing the women or the women divorcing the men, because this and this happened before. That there are so few black people who are getting jobs and making this much money per year as compared to male and Hispanic people because of this and this before. And I like that kind of approach. That's okay. But now, culture, what I mean by culture, culture, which is a product of something that you can interchange with community is that um, for example what would you say about Ugandan culture that the people are nice something like that is something you can say and everyone agrees it stems out of just a generalization of culture yeah. that's what I mean to say so you could say a culture a community of people is uh, not faring well in, in respect to trauma maybe depression or mental illness because of how they interact amongst themselves. Maybe they are arrogant, maybe they are proud, maybe they are selfish as a people, or 
or maybe of how they resolve issues but then they have to tussle it out in a public square arena by you know wrestling or others alternatively who are much more calm they have like is it in northern Uganda where there's a, a communal court system where they bring people and then they talk about it and then they part ways. Even in all our cultures here in all our different tribes here in Uganda, they have a system where elders are called upon to listen to like the wrong within a family community and resolve it without um, harming anyone else. Yeah. Which doesn't happen anymore. Our generation has not benefited from it. You don't even know it exists. Me, I know. I have seen it once in my village. Yeah, once. I've not been in such a scenario where they bring elders of the village to listen like, to a family round. It's okay. Yeah, it's there, it happens, but it's, it's limited. Okay. I'd like to bring a post to Huh? <laughs> we are done. <laughs> we are. Uh, yeah. never finished. <laughs> That's true. Right here, you can talk it. It's fine. But if you, 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 you lastly, 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 on on um, public awareness. Why is it that Kenya has so many events, celebrates so many days, has so many activities on health or on, uh, on mental illness, and other people don't have? Like here, we don't have those things. Public awareness, sensitization, we don't have that here. You've got to, I mean, somebody has to start. Somebody has to start. I, I can't give a reason why it's higher somewhere else. Trainings like you're talking about. Have you heard of a training of a good training about trauma here in Uganda? Has it, has the organization been there for a while? They're not very old. They're they looking to expand their operations. Um, but, I don't know if they want to close, so we might want to ask them. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's not really close. So we can't talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to? I want to. I want to. I want to. There's a lady who suffers from it and she was saying in Uganda you literally have to force people, even the patients themselves, like to talk about the disease, to have conversation about the disease, to to celebrate in the sense of coming together, even when there's World Lupus Day. But she's even in Kenya, you guys are there, you have people coming together, you have this public awareness. Why doesn't that happen here? Is it the expression thing that I think about earlier? People don't know how to express and share their stories or something like that. Or people don't want to be seen as they are suffering. That's the stigmatization that people fear. People fear that stigmatization, I would say. Um, maybe even just the systems that. Um, the, the systems that um, are present in a country could be a thing. Um, we, we express our, we have no space for freedom of expression back home. I think that plays a role. Yeah, that's true. People feel they can speak up about stuff. Um, because if your political freedom is near you, you may, it may be easier to talk about other things. If your political freedom is, like of expression is not something like that you can exercise freely, you keep quiet about more things. So it's just in harsh stories. I think it plays a role. The whole system of a country is not one place only. I think that I think that plays so a role. So all you have to do is to get started uh, Because if you see like what's happening in the US for example, those guys speak 
they speak as they please. And so it's also from them that we are starting to learn to embrace others. Because they, they are open, like they can talk, they are open to talk, they are open to express themselves. So somebody waking up and talking about lupus, for example, or, you know, they have this and that. Like they have the, the agency to do that, you see. But if your political freedom of expression is not there, then so many other things get suppressed. Because we say the personal is political. And if you don't feel like you have a space to express yourself as a political entity, then what are you? So I think it's better. Yeah, that's true. There's so much to discuss. Alright. I wanted to know how you guys are really just doing <laughs> We are fine. Alex to politicize casual. No, no, no. No, I've always wanted to chat with him on this. And I know the next time we meet, like when I come to Nairobi, I'll call you up and we'll continue from there. Yeah. You, you can come. You can come. Me, you come. My place, there's enough space. And we'll make food at home and things like that. Now, oh. after this training, now I this training, now settled. So, whenever you're ready, yeah. 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 <laughs> we last met when you came for Babisha. We met at the museum. That's like three years ago, four years ago. These guys are the libraries in here, like you know those things of like oh, Christian should take so and so should take part so and they said Alex and I said that guy talks too much. I would not manage. <laughs> All right, I shut up. I shut up. I shut up. <laughs> it's true, but what can I do? <laughs> All right, we'll continue. <laughs> but thank you, thank you for the insight. Sir. I'm busy. I'm meeting Kastana this week. In Arusha or in Nairobi? I wish I'd known. I would have brought you her book. I have the book that I bought for her, and I promised her I'll take it to her when I'm next in Arusha. Don't worry, don't worry. Don't worry, don't worry. Tell her. I wasn't leaving too early, and tomorrow you're promoting. Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry. I did it. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank you.